Check to see that your body is in a comfortable sitting posture. At ease, upright, as relaxed as you can be. Letting go of any obvious holding or tension. And then review the instructions. We're here to observe present moment's experience in order to know it. And we'll be observing the body and the mind, the activity in the body, the activity in the mind, understanding that it's not my body and my mind, but it is the nature of the body to feel like this. It is the nature of the mind to behave like that. And so we're just observing from a place of balance, care, an open, receptive attention. And you may notice familiar object like the breath or the posture or sounds. Or you may open your attention to receive the predominant experience in each moment, changing moment after moment. In each moment, an experience is known, or we say, an object arises and we know it. It's important to monitor the observing mind that is knowing. Is it tight? Is it looking for something special? Does it have expectation? Or is it stiff and resistant? Or is the observing mind open and receptive, ready to acknowledge whatever appears? What appears will change moment after moment. We can monitor the observing mind, the quality of our attention Are we trying to make something happen? Are we just trying hard? Being at ease in the body, being at ease in the mind. Let the experience come to you, receive it and know it, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, subtle or gross, inner or outer. Sounds being known. Sensations being known. The breath being known.
whatever you observe, whatever you notice, can you accept this is the way it is right now? Check your attitude. See if there's resistance or if there's some other agenda in your attention. See if you can observe with a balanced attitude of open, receptive, understanding this is the way it is for now. You might also remember the identification of the defilements last night. The major hindrances or defilements that obscure our attention. Sleepiness, sloth and torpor, or the overactivation of the mind in restlessness, a lot of thoughts, wandering mind. Or maybe there's a lot of resistance, aversion, disliking, judgment, irritation, or desire and attachment, wanting, clinging, being identified with our experience. And sometimes there's doubt, wondering about yourself, the practice, your ability, the Dharma itself. When your mind is wandering in any of these realms, worry, agitation, aversion, doubt, dullness, remember to recognize them. Name them. Acknowledge them. This is the first step. And then relax. You don't need to get rid of them. You don't need to fix it. If we make a commit, if we make a commitment to exercise some restraint and not act them out, we'll have the steadiness of mind to observe them. reframing our understanding that we don't need to try to get rid of defilements, but merely to observe them in order to understand them. What do they do to the body? What do they do to the mind? What kind of thoughts arise? How do you feel with these thoughts in the mind? In this way, we openly investigate the experience to receive its nature. We recognize, relax, restraint, reframe our understanding, receive the nature of aversion, irritation, desire, dullness, doubt. And when we openly receive, carefully observe, what we'll notice is and we'll realize 
but they don't last very long. They come due to their own condition, they last for a while, and then they leave. They're quite impersonal. They're impermanent, they're impersonal. We don't need to be entangled in them. Nevertheless, they will come. If we understand that working with the defilements, the hindrances, is the stepping stone to the development of wisdom, then we don't need to be overwhelmed or defeated, but rather engage the defilements with attention. Don't make the mistake of trying to, or seeking for, good experience. Rather, be willing to recognize the defilements and work with them. This mind that we become aware of is not ours, but we're responsible for it. What comes into the mind is quite impersonal. If we see it, we can be free. If we don't, we'll become entangled. This is our practice. Moment by moment, observing in order to understand This is the nature of the mind. This is the nature of the body without becoming entangled. Remaining at ease, remembering the instruction, refreshing your attention frequently Just noticing the present moment as it appears.
you have any questions about either the instructions or your practice? It worked. Okay, now there's about ten things to comment on there. You got the you got the story? Okay. Very sleepy, went outside to walk, had a cup of tea first, went outside to walk, got very cold, had aversion to that, came back, she was wide awake, and proceeded on from there. So, would it be better to watch the aversion to the sleepiness and struggle with that, or the aversion to the cold and struggle with that? Right? That's the, that's the question. Oh, and the and the sub the sub corollary is 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 caffeine uh, it is consuming caffeine a, a breaking of the fifth precept? Of course not. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it doesn't obs- you know cloud the mind. It kind of awakens the mind. There's some self rationalization. If you remember. Okay. <laughs> Generally, the caffeine is not considered uh, the kind of the intoxicant yeah? that that uh, drugs and alcohol and things like that are. So you can use caffeine. Uh, as far as whether you should or whether you shouldn't use caffeine, or whether you should go outdoors or deal with sleepiness, you know what? Doesn't matter. Whether you're dealing with sleepiness or you're dealing with cold or you're dealing with version, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is, is there observing and recognition in each moment? If there's observing and recognition in each moment, or if that's what you're working towards, it doesn't matter whether you're dealing with aversion or cold or sleepiness or calmness or exquisite ecstasy or anything. It doesn't matter what you're observing. Because in every moment of observing, there's non-clinging, there's non-aversion, there's, under, there's some level of understanding, and that's what we're moving towards, is the understanding that comes from observing, and then from understanding the liberation, really. So, I know it sounds like 
that can't be, that can't be. It's got to be better to be with calmness and clarity and insight and equanimity than aversion and desire and restlessness and doubt. But you know what? It really doesn't matter. That's, that's what's so magical about it. It's like, if you're, if you're paying attention, it really doesn't matter. If you know you're paying attention, it doesn't matter one bit. Don't believe me. There'll be if you if you give up paying attention to the aversion to sleepiness this time, it'll come back. Don't worry, you'll get another opportunity probably. You know, it's not like it's a one-shot thing, and if I don't do it now, I'll never get a chance. <laughs> right? Okay. So you know, take it lightly. Take it really lightly. If you're really getting bogged down in something, shift. You know, go for a walk, have a cup of tea, go sit in the dining room, sit in an easy, sit in one of the chairs up back. Don't sit and struggle with pain all the time. It's just, sure, make those adjustments. But in each of those moments, carefully observe what is was occurring and what is being known. Now, Lorna, you've been our student for a long time. I'm going, I don't mean to embarrass you or shame you or anything, but... Did you say don't say anything? Or <laughs> I won't. Did you notice when you were when you were you know kind of speculating? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Should I be? Doing Did you notice doubt about what to do? Doubt. Should I go outside and walk? Should I deal with the sleepiness? Should I go outside? Should I deal with the cold? What should I do with? Or should I drink tea or not? Is that a is that a precept or not? Those, that kind of speculating in the mind is doubt. I use it just as an example to show others because we do that a lot. Should I stand up? Should I sit? Should I sit longer? Should I walk? Should I walk faster or slower? Should, you know, should I take more food? Should I take less food? Should I sleep more? Take, should I take a nap, a long nap, a short nap? Should I take it before the sitting, after the sitting? You know, should I adjust my posture now or later in the sitting? Should I endure with the pain or what? All of those, all of those kinds of speculating are doubt. Doubt about what to do, whether to do, how to do, right? Just observe that. You don't have to answer the question. You don't have to answer the question, yes, it would be better to do this than that. No, it would be better. The, the answer, the content of your thoughts and your questions and your speculation, not important. What is important is that you're observing and you know, oh, this is what's going on. This is the nature of the mind. When it's caught in doubt, it goes... You know, and you're not grounded. You're just kind of like, this way, that way, this way, that way. Like a pinball machine. Okay, so just see, oh, this is doubt. And, and what can you learn about doubt? Okay? Great. I didn't embarrass you, did I? No. Great. Okay. So you have to be careful. If you ask a question, you know, you might get one back. Let's see, today, let's see, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You know, by the third day, we usually say, uh, you know, we'll let you nap the first couple of days, but, uh, and those are over, 
So. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. No. <laughs> you can take a nap anytime you like. But when you go to take the nap, pay attention. Pay attention to how you feel as you're making the decision. Should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And then you decide. Ah, okay. And then the kind of the reflection and the reconsideration, did I make the right decision? And you haven't even got to the bed yet. And you're just walking to your room, you go in your room, and then you look at the bed and you think, <laughs> wah, you know, and then if you're just anticipating the relief, you might miss the actual relief. You lay down, you know, and when you lay down, there's that, there's that feeling that you've been waiting for all that time. It's just like, ah, oh, don't miss it. I mean, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the great pleasures on retreat, is that moment when you finally let go. Oh, clunk, right? Be sure, pay attention to that. Don't miss it. I mean, it's... Okay, and then set your timer for no more than 15 minutes. That's all you need. And sometimes it's only five. You just lay down and let go and then get up. Okay? Pain. About pain, I want, I want, it, I'm glad you asked the question, Mario, because there's two kinds of pain. There's yogi pain, which comes from the paying attention and discovering you know, resistance in the mind that's reflected as discomfort and pain in the body. Let's just put, that's one kind of pain. The other kind of pain is physical trauma to the body. You, you got pain and... You know, it's not because you're paying attention or it's not because you're resisting, it's because the body is hurt. Okay. With the body hurt kind of pain, which sounds some of, you know, the back out, that's that kind of pain. I don't know about the knee thing, but it could have been. You want to be very careful because we can develop the strength of mind to endure such pain and cause harm to the body. Don't do that. You know, take your ibuprofens, take whatever it is, reduce the, reduce the inflammation. You know, talk to the doctors here in the, 
in the hall and find out what you have to do to kind of minimize that. Don't aggravate it. Don't sit in such a way that keeps aggravating an old injury or a current injury. Be very, you know, take proper, you know, reasonable medical care and attention to that kind of pain. However, yogi pain is the kind of pain that is killing you when you're sitting and is gone 30 seconds after you stand up or shift your posture. That's yogi pain. That's pain from holding in the mind that is reflected in holding in the body. Okay, that we want to work with. It, it actually sounds like most of what you were working with was the physical trauma pain. I would be very careful. Lay down, take your, you know, don't, don't, don't stress it by the way you sit, the way you walk, or whatever, and, and get some medical attention. Right, I'm getting to it. Okay. Now, with either kind of pain, there is the actual physical sensations of discomfort, the unpleasant physical sensations. You know, the throbbing, stabbing, the stuff that you just said, searing and stabbing, ripping, twisting, you know, all that. There's that actual sensation, and then there's all your commentary and whinging and whining and complaining and what about it and oh poor me and how am I going to get rid of it and what did I do to get deserve this and all of that is extra suffering. That's what we want to work with. Okay, now how to do that? Yes, we see, we see, we observe, we feel that intense searing pain. Rather than zooming in on it with a powerful mind that is magnifying it, Rest back here and let it be on the periphery of your attention as much as possible. Occasionally your attention will just be... But then just, okay, it's there, okay, okay, okay. The other stuff, all that commentary in the mind, that you want to start noticing. The oh, poor me, the self-pity, the whinging, the whining. Just really recognize that and, and observe. What does this do? Because when that kind of whining is going on in the mind, it makes the pain in the body much worse. If there's resistance in the mind, the pain in the body will be magnified. Not to say that if there's no resistance, there won't be any pain, because if there's physical trauma, there's going to be pain, even if there's no resistance in the mind. Okay, so let's work with, let's work with the discomfort in a skillful way, medically as necessary, mindfully as otherwise. Okay. There's uh, a few announcements today. One is, what time is it? Uh, I have on this clock 9.11. So would everybody please set their clocks to 9.11 so that the bells can ring on time and you can all manage to get to the hall on time too, other than if you have a yogi job that runs over. Okay? So let's set our clocks for 11 past 9. Secondly, I want to review some of the etiquette for in the Dharma Hall it helps us all be on the same page. I don't know if it was kind of gone over at the beginning of this, this second retreat. At the first retreat, we went over it. But I just want to kind of review it just so we're all on the same page and we know we're all on the same page. It's really helpful in the retreat, of course, to honor the noble silence in the hall, in the building, on the grounds, except for when you have an interview, when you come to check in with one of the teachers. 
please give yourself permission to speak generously about your practice. That's the purpose of it, so that we can monitor, can see that you got the instructions right, we can see that you're practicing with some understanding, that you're, that you're understanding your experience, and we can give you any corrective to the instructions. And in, in, in light of that, it's incumbent on us to check in with each one of you. When we put your name up for a check-in with one of us, please come. Even if you think you don't have anything to say and you don't have any questions, we're responsible for you when you're here. We need to know how it's going for you. Please come in and speak with one of us. Okay? It's helpful if you can be on time for the sittings and to stay until the end of the sittings. If you have a medical condition or if you have an emergency, of course, you can leave. Nope, not a problem. <clears throat> I haven't seen anyone lying down in the hall, but we ask that you not lie down in the hall unless you have a medical condition. Speak to one of us. We'll make arrangements to create a space for you to do that. Uh, tea, water, bottled waters, things like that should not be brought into the hall just because it's another distraction for all of us. I haven't heard any beeping watches, clocks, and is anybody you still using their cell phone, their Blackberry, their Blueberry, their Strawberry? Okay, okay, let those go. And if someone in the hall near you starts to announce their deep samadhi by snoring, could you give us permission to have them reach over and just kind of notify you lightly by tapping you on the knee or the shoulder or some place that would uh, allow us to let you know that we're enjoying your samadhi. <laughs> okay. And number nine here says, please allow the teachers to leave the hall first. And that is really just so we can get ahead of the crowd. <laughs> Not really. Uh, why do we have that? Respectful. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Etiquette. Why interviews are important? I said be on time. Walking. So some of you are so new to practice, haven't ever heard walking instructions before, which is amazing. That's good. So the walking period is also a time for developing continuity of attention. It's not primarily a physical exercise time. But you can use it to get some aerobic kind of energy in the body, to kind of get out and, and walk, uh, to limber up a little bit. You might take a period of time, morning, afternoon, whenever it's useful for you to do a little stretching. Most of us aren't so familiar with sitting so, so many hours a day. Do a little stretching, or if you have a practice of yoga or tai chi or qigong or something like that, of course you can do that in the appropriate places, not here in the hall and uh, just to kind of keep the body uh, as easeful, as comfortable as you can. In the walking practice, it is primarily a development or a training of our attention. So it's not how fast you walk, how slow you walk, or how ballet-like you walk, or whatever like that. You don't need to coordinate your steps with your breath, anything like that. It's just walk normally. Or walk at the pace that you can be most mindful at. For some of you, you've already seen that some people here are kind of walking around quite slowly and carefully. 
well, that, that's what's appropriate for them. They've either practiced a lot or they've been here for 10 days already. And so they're, they're kind of slowed down and they're really paying that kind of attention. That's fine. Some of you who just came may be you know, walking normal pace and feel like you're kind of speeding. That's, if that's what's most mindful for you, well, be, be careful around when you're around others, especially in community space. But if you need to walk faster or slightly, slightly less than normal pace, there's places, whether it's downstairs or outside and around the driveway, down in the parking lot, there's, there's places to walk. But again, it's staying present with the mind and the body, how you're actually experiencing it. Can you feel the legs moving? Can you feel the body moving? Can you feel the coolness like Lorna did? Can you feel the coolness? Can you feel the moisture when the sun comes out? Can you feel the heat? Can you be aware of all that as you walk? That's what we're trying to... You can, if you wish, let your attention rest in the area of the legs. They're doing the most of the work in the walking. But it's the mind that's knowing. So keep alert to both the sensations in the body, the actual experience in the body, but also the quality of mind in your attention. How continuous is it? How clear is it? You don't need to kind of focus really hard on the sole of your feet, but neither do you want to be so spaced out that you're not even aware that you're walking. Okay? So give some attention to the continuity of your attention and the care in which you observe your experience during the walking period. And when you come to report to us um, every other day, as you will be listed, uh, speak about the sitting practice, how it is for you, what you do when you sit down, what you experience, what's difficult, what's easy, and also in the walking practice, what you do during a walking period, and how it is for you, what you, what kind of instructions you remember and apply, and what kind of experience you have, difficulties and ease in the walking period. Okay. I'd run over a little bit. Oh, yeah. If you have a check-in period with one of us during a scheduled sitting period, <clears throat> please do not come into the hall after your interview if there's a sitting going on, or please do not get up from the hall to leave to go to that check-in. If yours is scheduled during one of the sittings, stay outside, sit up in 101 until then, or sit in the dining room or in your own room someplace so that there's not a lot of coming and going and during the scheduled sitting periods this hall will remain a kind of a stable population. You know, those who come in stay till the end without there being some coming and going. Is that okay? That would, that would just help keep the hall still so that as the retreat goes on uh, and your awareness becomes more sensitive and more continuous then there'll be a place of great stillness Stability. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.